to the Rookie Big Board. My name is Matt Hicks, the FF Educator. We are talking 2022 season projections. Haven't actually done a projections update episode since back post-draft. We've been spending all summer talking about the 2023 class, logging 35-plus scouting evaluations here to get ahead. But listen, it's August. We've had a fake preseason game. We have training camps, we have buzz, we have hypes. I've just updated the 2022 season projections for the patrons, so I had to jump in here and talk about projections. Now that it's in August, we have a little bit clearer of a picture. In this episode, I'm going to be breaking down the top 12 guys that I expect to have an impact in the 2022 season. There will be a part two follow-up to this episode next week, and those are going to be guys that I want to pay attention to because the situation could go well for them. But to start here in this episode, we're going to talk about the guys whose situation already looks good. The projection sheet likes them. And heck, I like them. You should like them. Before we get into the content, so many listens, so many downloads. I appreciate it, both on the Rookie Big Board solo feed or the Rookie Big Board Podcast Network. If you haven't, if you don't know about that feed yet, it does have a Devi CFF and Dynasty Fantasy Football Show component. So we're doing four episodes a week. You're going to want to be making sure you're listening to all of the Rookie Big Board here as we get into the season. I mentioned all of this to say, if you are a new listener, if you've been here a while, there's two ways I could really use your support in building out this podcast, building out this content. The first one is an easy one. Scroll down, just tap five stars. You don't even have to leave a review. You don't even have to say nice things about me. Heck, you could say not nice things about me. If you leave five stars, I'll appreciate it. And then the other thing you can do here is this podcast, this content, it is driven. It is driven by the patrons. Patreon.com slash Rookie Big Board gives you access to personalized advice, insight in the Discord channel. Folks, we're going to have to start setting lineups soon, setting weekly lineups. I'll be able to help you with that as long as well as the other analysts there in the Discord. We're talking trades. We're just chopping it up. We're talking news. We're having fun with the preseason buzz plus rankings, Dynasty, Devi, Rookie, CFF, so much content. And of course, full access to my 32 teams, every fantasy football projection here, of which I'm going to be giving a little bit of insight on today's episode. Do you like that transition off of the commercial? We're going to be talking about Brees Hall, Chris Alave, and Drake London here in my top tier of players. The way I've broken this down here is I have three tiers. The guys who I'm going to start off with are guys that could be running back or wide receiver ones reasonably projected to be in that conversation in this 2022 season. We're only talking about the 2022 season on this episode. The next tier I'm going to be breaking down are guys who I think can be weekly starters. And then I added that third tier of players that I just want to hype up. They're worth rostering in redraft. They're guys that I have exposure to on my rosters. So let's go ahead and jump into Brees Hall here. I mentioned at the start of this that I haven't actually talked about my projections update on the podcast for rookies specifically since pretty much post-draft. And for Brees Hall, that didn't really matter. I haven't made a lot of adjustments to the New York Jets projections, at least in terms of their running game. I got to tell you, the wide receivers, and we're going to talk about Garrett Wilson, spoiler alert, I'm sure that's a surprise to nobody, but we're going to talk about Garrett Wilson, and I've been going back and forth a little bit on the wide receivers, but Brees Hall is exactly 
essentially, you know, give or take 20 carries this way or that way, a couple targets this way or that way. He's the same. I'm at 48% of the Jets rushing, and I'm at 10% of the market. That's 62 targets. That's 201 carries. So he's pushing 250 total touches. That's where I see Brees Hall, folks, and that's not a bad spot to be in. I have met 11 touchdowns. If you go into the projections right now and you filter by running back, you just click on the running back tab. You don't even have to filter. I filtered ahead of you. You'll see where Brees Hall is. He is running back 13 for me right now. He's just below Nick Chubb, and he's just above Ezekiel Elliott. And that just feels where Brees Hall should be. I'll talk about some of these projections where I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure that that feels right, but that's where the numbers add up. That to me is exactly where Brees Hall should be. He feels like a high floor guy. I think Michael Carter's still going to have a role in the offense. So I do think there is some cap on his ceiling, at least this season. And at least until we see it, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more with Garrett Wilson, but the Jets offense, it does scare me. It's a young offense. A lot of things need to come together. But I think either way, Brees Hall is going to be there. I don't think we need to see too much to see Brees Hall come together. All right, let's talk Chris Olave. By the way, Brees Hall, 14 fantasy points per game. I'm going to talk about fantasy points per game as I move through these. 13 fantasy points per game for Chris Olave. I like Chris Olave a latte. Sorry, I could not. It came to mind. I couldn't let it go. I had to say it. And Chris Olave, I still have him at 20% of the receiving market. There's a lot of news coming out of camp. A Michael Thomas buzz, Jarvis Landry buzz. What I don't think folks really understand is the New Orleans B is talking up Chris Olave. They're specifically talking up the way that Chris Olave is connecting with Jameis Winston. I think Olave leads this team in targets, 115 targets. I know that sounds like a lot for a rookie, but it's really not unfathomable. Justin Jefferson, a couple of years back, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, all these rookie wide receivers went over 100 yards. Chris Olave was a first round selection. I think a lot of people view him as this tier two or tier three rookie wide receiver. He is not, folks. I have him projected for over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. If you want a limitation for Chris Olave versus some of those other names that I mentioned, right? He's not going to be Justin Jefferson necessarily. He's not necessarily going to be. Jamar Chase, because those guys had the touchdowns to really push those targets. I think Chris Olave is going to be seven touchdowns. I think Michael Thomas is going to be right there with six. Jarvis Landry, five. You know, and I'm not ruling out Marcus Callaway. I think Callaway can be a deep threat for that team. He's not going to be super fantasy relevant, but I think he can get touchdowns in there. Alvin Kamara is going to get his receiving touchdowns. He'll get his, right? But there's plenty of targets left over for Chris Olave. I'm a big fan of Chris Olave. When you look at him in the overall projections of wide receivers, right now he's wide receiver 19 for me. So when I mentioned, you know, wide receiver one, we're going to need a little bit of help to push him there. And the key for me is how often is Jameis Winston going to be throwing the ball? Is it going to be Huck and Chuck at football? Because that is only going to help Chris Olave out. Or is it going to be a little bit less than maybe we saw in Tampa Bay? I'm actually projecting a little bit less, and that's how I get Chris Olave to 19. So if we get really hyper huck-a-chuck in football, as I call it, for Jameis Winston, then Chris Olave could be a wide receiver one, borderline. Now, he's coming in just below Amon Ross St. Brown, just below Robert Woods, just above Hunter Renfro, and just above wide receiver 21. And folks, that's Drake London at 12.8 fantasy points per game. Let's get into the Atlanta offense here. Now, 
I know a lot of folks are fading Drake London. They keep telling me in my YouTube videos, all right, in the comment section. By the way, I love the comment section. Roast me in it. Tell me to tell me to fade Drake London. I'm not doing it. But you can let me know, of course, about all the projections here. And maybe a player that you wanted me to talk about. Maybe I'll get to him next week. Drop it in the comments. Let me know on YouTube. Of course, I love chopping it up in the comments. And obviously, the patrons, we talk about it in the Discord. So let me know there. And I know you will. But Drake London, I do have at 105 targets. And before we freak out, do you have Kyle Pitts at 115? All right, so I have Kyle Pitts with more targets. I know I'm the Kyle Pitts hater here. But where Drake London is going to cut into Kyle Pitts and where he's going to cut into his fan or cut out his fantasy points, however you want to say it, it's the receiving touchdowns. Folks, Drake London is going to be the target in the red zone. All right. And if you don't believe me, just watch some training camp buzz hype videos. I know they're nothing but BS, but you'll kind of see what I'm getting at. I mean, he's already mossing experienced DBs. This is who Drake London is. He's a big bodied guy. He plays above the rim. I'm just repeating myself. I talk about this all the time at nauseum about Drake London. 14.5 yards per reception, over a thousand receiving yards here. I have Kyle Pitts at five receiving touchdowns. I have Drake London at seven. Kyle Pitts is going to get his. But when Marcus Mariota is looking for a guy in the end zone, I think he's going to look at Drake London first. 12.8 fantasy points per game, wide receiver 21 in my projections. That's just above my guy, Gabriel Davis, slightly above A.J. Brown, slightly above Darnell Mooney. It's a real nice row of guys there for me. Amon Ross St. Brown, Chris Olave, Hunter Renfro, Drake London, Gabriel Davis. I won't take credit on Hunter Renfro. But I smashed on Ross St. Brown. I smashed on Gabriel Davis. So if these two guys hit, then that's going to be a real uh, real home run of, of rows there here for my fantasy football guys that I'm putting projections on too. So that's my top tier here. The next tier is actually six guys. And I'm going to start here. By the way, not just you know six guys. Let me give a little bit of context here. Six guys that I think can be weekly starters. All right, guys you plug in consistently into your fantasy football lineup. Maybe they're more in that RB2, RB3 kind of window there, that gray area. Same thing for wide receivers. We're going to talk about two running backs and a wide receiver in this first set of guys, but Tier 2 has a second set of guys as well. Let's get into it. Kenneth Walker, 12.1 fantasy points per game. Listen, it seems to me like you either believe in Rashad Penny or you don't believe in Rashad Penny. I've seen enough of Rashad Penny to know that I've never seen enough of Rashad Penny, right? When he flashes, he flashes, he looks good. It's a nice clip. He could get a nice six-game window together, but he hasn't done it over time. Seattle knows that. They didn't use a top 40 overall pick to not use the most explosive running back in college football last year. Folks, this guy was in the Heisman contention. Kenneth Walker is an absolute phenom, and folks have written him off. I mean, completely written him off, thinking that Rashad Penny was on the last year of his contract he hasn't been able to get on the field consistently and produce is just going to totally overtake this offense. No, I'm not ruling Rashad Penny out of the offense. I only have Kenneth Walker at 42% of the rushing market. Give 37% to Rashad Penny, but those touchdowns are going to go Kenneth Walker's way. 908 rushing yards, nine touchdowns. I only have him at 26 receptions, but guess what folks? Seattle is going to run the ball first. They're going to run the ball second. They're going to run the ball third. They're going to throw the ball fourth. They're going to run the ball fifth. All right. Pete Carroll has fired offensive coordinators because they haven't run the ball enough. He has Drew Locke and Geno Smith. 
And he just drafted Kenneth Walker with a top 40 overall pick. And the Seattle Seahawks, by the way, are not in a position to be drafting running backs with top 40 picks. But they've started to piece together their offensive line a little bit more. And I think Kenneth Walker has a real shot to be an impact rookie right off the bat. And I think he's a screaming value right now. In terms of my projections, I have Kenneth Walker at running back 19. That's just below Cam Akers. That's just above Travis Etienne. I mean, these are young rookie running backs that I like as well. Are young, young running backs, not rookie running backs. Young running backs that I like as well. But there's question marks around these guys as well. So as you get into the point of the draft where you have to choose between Cam Akers, Kenneth uh, Walker, Travis Etienne, Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, Kenneth Walker is staring at me in that range, and I'm not letting him go. I mean, in best balls, I think I have 55 60% exposure to Ken Walker because it's just sitting right there. It's easy. It's basically free, folks. I'm all in on Ken Walker. The projections back that up. They're not going to be throwing the ball. They're going to be running the ball, and it's going to benefit Walker. And Penny will get his too, but Walker's going to be the dude. All right, back to the Jets offense here. We're talking Garrett Wilson. We're looking at Garrett Wilson. I'm looking at 106 targets. I'm a little bit worried about the catch percentage with Zach Wilson. I have it at 65, five touchdowns. I think the touchdowns are really going to limit Garrett Wilson for me. I do have him at 11.1 fantasy points per game. And I mentioned here, this is like your ideal guy that you're putting into the lineup each week, right? As I think he's going to have a high target floor, seven, eight targets per game, just kind of be there. He's going to bring in five or six of those most weeks. The question is going to be, is he getting the deep balls or is Corey Davis getting the deep balls or does Elijah Moore fit into this? I mean, there's a lot of pieces that we need to figure out. And so what I think about the New York Jets offense, I want to encourage people not to panic early, right? Maybe Garrett Wilson isn't smashing in September because that offense is still figuring out who's the guy. Or maybe Garrett Wilson has one big week, week two, and maybe then he's you know not so much week one and week three, and he comes back in week four, right? It could be a little bit of a volatility there. But as we get into October, November, I'm hoping this offense is going to blend together. I'm hoping Zach Wilson is going to find rhythm. They're going to figure out when the ball goes to Garrett Wilson, when the ball goes to Elijah Moore. But I do have more leading the way in touchdowns. Do have Corey Davis getting his own touchdowns in this equation too. And I actually have this rotating cast of tight ends as being the primary targets in the red zone. Like I'm not thinking of Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore as primary red zone targets. And I think Corey Davis can be, but I think Uzuma, Conkling, and, and Rucker are probably going to be the guys that see a lot of the red zone targets, which is going to hurt Garrett Wilson's upside. And now, folks, I just can't get off of James White. And I was somebody who was a little bit reserved on James White going through the process because I really needed him to be in a landing spot where the projections worked for him. And Buffalo actually really does work for him. And I know not everybody feels that way, but let me get into it a little bit here before you write off James Cook. 11.1 fantasy points per game. That's probably more than where some folks are projecting him, right? James Cook... I have 122 targets, or sorry, 122 rushing attempts, where I think is going to be the key is I have him at 65 targets, which I know is a lot, right? Folks are not going to be just expecting Josh Allen to dump the ball off. One, I think Josh Allen will check the ball down more. Everybody keeps saying Josh Allen has never checked the ball down in his career. Who's he checking the ball down to? Zach Moss? Devin Singletary? I mean, who is he checking the ball down to? I would check the ball down a lot more if I had James Cook to check it down to. And here's the other thing. 
James Cook has been getting work out of the slot. They've been moving him around. I think they're going to be creative with him. So 65 targets, it may be a little aggressive, but I have four touchdowns on the ground, four through the air. I'm going all in on James Cook. Maybe it doesn't pay off. Maybe I look too aggressive down the road here, but I like James Cook's projection here in the Buffalo offense. I think he can play in and be a factor. And we talk about that running back dead zone. James Cook is kind of in the middle there. I actually am at running back 22, but he's real close with David Montgomery, Clyde Edwards-Elair, Damian Harris, Devin Singletary, Josh Jacobs. Listen, if I'm choosing between James Cook and those guys, give me a little bit of upside, man. David Cook's boring. Or I'm sorry, David Montgomery's boring. Josh Jacobs is boring. All right? Give me some upside. Don't cop out. Play fantasy football. Be aggressive. We swing. We miss. Maybe we miss on James Cook. But he's somebody I'm worth. I'm taking a swing on over David Montgomery or Josh Jacobs. All right, we're talking Traylon Burks. A lot of folks have been upset because I haven't been talking up Traylon Burks too much. He's always been just outside of this conversation, but he gets in on today's show. I am at 103 targets. That might get tweaked down a little bit as we go here. But when you look around at the Titans offense, it's Robert Woods, it's Traylon Burks, and the question remains, like, who else is getting those targets? And I actually think Kyle Phillips will get his, but the tight ends aren't soaking up targets on this offense. The running backs aren't soaking up targets in this offense. There's a lot of targets to go around here. The key for me is Traylon Burks. What's that yards per reception? I actually have a pretty low, 11-5 right now. 769 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. That's going to put Traylon Burks in a pretty good situation here. We're talking about wide receivers overall. We're putting uh, Traylon Burks in wide receiver 40. That's just below Garrett Wilson at wide receiver 39. That's just above Juju Smith at 41. It's Sky Moore at 42. Let's talk about Sky Moore out of the Kansas City offense. I like Sky Moore a ton. Y'all know I love Sky Moore's tape. The landing spot's exciting because he's with Pat Mahomes. But I think they're honestly going to distribute the ball around a lot. And I know, you know, it's easy to write that off and say, you know, that's preseason talk. But if you look around here, Kelsey's going to be the dude. You know the offense, the passing game is running through Kelsey. That's just accepted. Juju's going to get his. I have Juju at 16% of the Kansas City market share, which is 108 targets. And then I have Sky Moore right there at 14% of the market share at 94 targets. Sky Moore is a little bit more explosive, and I don't think he needs a high target volume to be a weekly impact player. The key for me is where do those touchdowns go? I have Sky Moore at five touchdowns right now. If he can get closer to seven or eight and be that real explosive deep play threat, then we're talking about a guy who's going to finish in wide receiver two territory. But for now, I do have Juju getting touchdowns. I do have MVS getting touchdowns because that's his game, right? He's got less targets necessarily uh, than Sky Moore, but he is going to get those touchdowns. That's what he does. And listen, folks, Travis Kelsey's getting 11 touchdowns, right? I mean, he's getting double-digit touchdowns. You can put in 10, you can put in 12, I put in 11. It doesn't matter. You know it's starting here and it's ending with Travis Kelsey in this passing game. So I like Sky Moore a ton. I think folks know about Sky Moore, and they should. One guy I feel like folks still don't quite know about in terms of an ideal volume situation is Alec Pierce with the Colts, right? We have Matt Ryan coming in. I think the Colts are going to jack up their passing attempts. They had 521 last year. I think they're going to go up to 545. And even at 27 touchdowns, there's plenty to go around. That's how many cards it went through last year. I kept that pretty even with Matt Ryan. It's a conservative estimate. Obviously, it starts with Michael Pittman here. I have Michael Pittman with nine touchdowns. I have him with 120 targets. But I have Alec Pierce there at 87 targets, six touchdowns. 
Alec Pierce is a big-bodied athletic target here. He's showing out in camp. He's showing out early. And past Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman, if there's a healthy Paris Campbell, then he'll get targets too. But past Paris Campbell in the depth chart, folks, T.Y. Hilton's not there. Is it? Is it Desmond Patton? Is it, you know, who's rotating up? I mean, you could just dig through some names and just take some guesses. Zach Pascal isn't there anymore. He was sneakily taking away a lot of targets the last couple of years. Mo Ali Cox is there. Jelani Woods. Kylan Granson is more of like a fullback. So the tight ends might get into some kind of action here. But it's there for Alec Pierce. It is quietly there. It's right in front of your face for Alec Pierce when you look at the projections. It's hard not to give him more. It's hard not to be super bullish on Alec Pierce. But I feel like where I have Alec Pierce ranked here in the 40s for wide receivers, uh, 43 to be exact, that feels bullish compared to consensus. But that's right there in wide receiver four territory consistently. Wouldn't shock me if he is a more of a wide receiver three wouldn't put shock me if he's like wide receiver 30 by the end of the season. I mean, it's really there for Alec Pierce. And he was somebody whose tape evaluation I liked a whole ton coming out. All right, let's get into this third tier here. All those those last six guys were all guys that I had weekly starters on. Now let's get into major upside. I have three more people as we round out this episode. Guys that I have a high roster percent of. The first is Jahan Dotson. I like Jahan Dotson a ton in terms of his skill set, the way he fit in the Washington offense. Folks have written him off as if he was an outside of the top 50 wide receiver selection. Folks, he was like 16th overall or something. I mean, Washington wanted him. And I know we're all scared of Carson Wentz. That's fine. I'm scared of Carson Wentz. But it's F1 Terry McLaurin at 20% of the market share. And then, folks, who are you hyping up? Curtis Samuel, who hasn't shown up ever, I think, in Washington. Diami Brown, who was way overhyped going into last year. Adam Humphreys, who is probably 75 years old at this point in time. I have all those guys, you know, combined for 27% of the market share. Combined, those three wide receivers. You go down to the tight ends, Logan, Logan Thomas hasn't been healthy. John Bates, just John Bates. Cole Turner's getting a little bit of hype, but did not show out athletically through the pre-draft process. Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick will get theirs out of the backfield. But guess what, folks? I just rambled off a ton of names. That still leaves 15% easy for Jahan Dotson. That is an easy estimate. I think Jahan Dotson is going to be 15 yards per reception. He's that deep play, deep field threat, six receiving touchdowns just behind F17. F1 and Terry McLaurin are going to be making up most of the receiving touchdowns here for Carson Wentz. If those two click, they are going to be an absolute fireworks display here. And I got to tell you, I, I got to double check. I don't want to you know, exaggerate here. I think I might have a hundred percent exposure to Jahan Dotson in rookie drafts this year. I swear I have left every auction draft, you know, traditional draft. I swear I've left with Jahan Dotson in every single dynasty, definitely C2C league. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just too easy. He's coming at a value. Next guy up here is Rashad White. I like Rashad White a ton. I feel like folks are way too zoned in on this Tom Brady hates rookies narrative. Name a rookie running back that Tom Brady played with in New England that made sense. I'm pretty sure I talked about this back in the post-draft episode of Projections. We need to be thinking about Rashad White as, as James White, right? That's what I'm thinking that Tom Brady could see Rashad White as his James White, who was extremely successful 
for fantasy football purposes. And he was slept on year in and year out. So I'm almost thinking like, maybe I'm not going crazy with this projection, but that it's just the James White effect. But now it's Rashad White and he's a young guy. And because he's a rookie, folks are blowing it even more to proportion. But maybe I'm missing on this. Maybe I'm missing on this, but I have 9% of the market share going to Rashad White. I just don't think they're giving the ball to Gio Bernard. Why would you pass the ball to Gio Bernard when you never have consistently in the past and you have a younger, more explosive, better version of that type of back in your offense? I've got it for Rashad White. I've also got him for 25% of the rushing market. And let me tell you why I have him for 25% of the rushing market. Because playoff Lenny is exactly that. I think they are going to ease Leonard Fournette into a heavy workload. They don't need Leonard Fournette for September. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers need Leonard Fournette for the playoffs. They don't need him for September. The Bucs are going to win with or without Leonard Fournette getting 20 carries a game. You can give 10 to 12 carries to Leonard Fournette. You can give eight to Rashad White. You can mix this thing up, man. And you are going to be perfectly fine if you were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because you have Tom Brady. He's throwing the ball to Mike Evans. He's throwing the ball to a healthy Chris Godwin, right? So there is so much opportunity for Rashad White to be an impact player this year, and he's essentially free in seasonal redraft leagues. The last guy I had to throw in here, and yes, even if you're playing in a seasonal redraft league, we have to talk about Jamison Williams, right? Because if you're playing in a seasonal redraft fantasy football league, what you need to do, not what you need to do, you can do whatever you want. What I do, what I would do is I would use, I would not jump the gun. You know, I'm waiting until the double digit rounds. I'm taking my time. I'm seeing my league mates. I'm looking around, right? Not jumping the gun, but I'm getting Jamison Williams in those double digit rounds. Because the first thing I'm going to do once the draft ends is move Jamison Williams to my IR slot and pick up somebody off the waiver wire. Why not? Let him sit in your IR slot, and he will sit in there. I've been telling folks from the beginning, I'm, uh, the, these news stories are breaking, and it's such an obvious news like news story. Like, yeah, Jamison Williams not healthy. I've been projected for six games this season. But I'm willing to sit Jamison Williams on my IR, let him get healthy like the Lions are going to let him get healthy. They're not going to rush him on the field. And if you can get six games at Jamison Williams at my projection for him, which is 14 fantasy points per game, which you, if you're following along here, that's the most fantasy points per game of any wide receiver, any player I've talked about in today's episode. I'm willing to sit him on the bench and get that because I still think that even if he plays in six games, you can get 48 targets. You can get two touchdowns at least, at least. I mean, Jamison Williams could get six touchdowns in six games if he's fully healthy and out there. And listen, the Detroit Lions, man, their, their offense might be cooking. Their offense might be cooking more than folks think. I, I think a lot of folks are going to be a year late on the Detroit Lions offense. And I think Jamison Williams, is as long as you have an IR slot. Now, if you have a short bench, no IR, then yeah, don't make them take up a spot. But if you have even one IR slot, man, just put them on it. Draft them, put it on it. You can pick up somebody. On the next episode, we're going to talk about rookies that you could pick up off the waiver wire, right? So a perfect segue. Didn't even do it on purpose. But in the next episode, that's what we're going to talk about. So your takeaway from this episode is draft Jamison Williams, put him on your IR, and hang on for the next episode where I'm going to give you some options for guys that you're going to be able to pick off of the waiver wire, right, and slide in to hold that spot, get some production there while we wait for Jamison Williams to get healthy. Head on over to Rookie Big Board, patreon.com slash rookiebigboard. Get in on the action, become a patron, help fuel this content, this year-round content. Folks, we're talking about the 2022 rookies all season long. We have not forgotten about the 2023 class each and every week heading into the season. We're going to be talking about the biggest risers and fallers of the 2023 class and beyond. 
Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you've left that five-star rating. I appreciate you, as always, checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Board Podcast.